love Christmas. When we get together and sing about our Savior and what he did for us, it's so cool. I also love presents. <laughs> I love giving presents. I love getting presents. So I have a question for you as we begin this morning. What do you hope you get tomorrow morning? When you get to the tree and you open that one gift or every gift, whatever it is, you, you're like, I hope it's this. Okay, do you have it in your head? You got it? How do you feel right now? You, that you hope you'll get it. That, what's that in your mind that you hope you'll get, right? It's this emotion that's coming up within you. It could be some doubt. It could be some 50-50 chance you're gonna get it. It could be creating worry or anxiety because you're like, what if I don't get it, right? It's this feeling of hope and this powerful word that really isn't just a time during Christmas. It's something that we experience all throughout the year. It's, it creates an emotion like a, a longing, a desire, a wish, right? For example, it's that feeling you get when you send that email to your teacher hoping they'll move you from an 89 to a 90 because that's a big deal, all right? It's that feeling you get as you're walking into your boss's office getting ready to ask for a raise, hoping they'll say yes. <laughs> or it's even that feeling as the doctor walks in with the test results, hoping to get the answer you're hoping for. It's this emotion that comes up within us, right? That longing for, that we really want. Now, back to the original question. What do you hope you'll get tomorrow morning? What's the one thing? You got that back in your mind? I have a follow-up question to that. Do you think you'll actually get it? Do you think you're actually going to get it? Now, what emotions are you feeling? How are you feeling right now? If the answer is yes, it creates kind of an excitement, doesn't it? You're like, can we, can you stop talking Rahul so we can get to tomorrow morning, right? It's this excitement, like this anticipation, this expectation that now has changed. It's the same feeling I had that night when I got down on one knee and asked Annie the question, will you marry me? Now, I didn't need to ask the question. I knew her answer because I wasn't hoping she would say yes. I had hope she would say yes. But the problem was, I didn't get a yes. All I got was, <gasps> and I'm like, is that good? Oh gosh, what is it? I thought, uh, no, she was so surprised. Eventually I asked again, will you marry me? She said, yes. Okay. Well, she didn't say yes. She went, <laughs> she was so surprised. And I went through a wave of emotions during that time. Woo, don't even want to talk about that. But that emotion is thrilling, isn't it? It's exciting when you already know the answer, when you have, you, you have hope that it will be the answer. And that word hope is so powerful. And there's a difference between how we use the word hope. If we use it as a verb versus a noun, let me explain. Verb, I hope, I hope is a verb, right? Uh, for example, I hope we have tacos tonight for dinner, right? You have that hope versus, oh, I have hope we are having tacos for dinner tonight, baby, right? Do you see the difference in those two statements? Hope as a verb versus hope as a noun. Hope as a, I really hope my expected, the outcome is what I expect versus I have hope that the outcome will be what I'm expecting. And that second way, that noun is exhilarating, it's exciting. It's a great way to feel, isn't it? And it creates a thrill of hope. And that phrase is what I want to talk about tonight because that phrase, the main place we hear it is from the traditional Christmas song, Oh Holy Night, where it talks about, the author talks about this thrill of hope. Let me read some of the lyrics. And these lyrics, 
Have you ever delved into some of the Christmas songs? They are so powerful and so profound. Here's what the author writes. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth. Pause right there. That is a profound statement. We'll come back to that in a second. And here's our line. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Was anybody singing it with me? I was trying not to sing it. (laughs) That line, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. That's the emotion that was caused at this moment when the savior of the world was born. And that's what this song is all about, right? That Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the king was finally here. And they needed to hear that because that's why the weary world rejoices because the world was so weary during the time. See, for 400 years, they had not heard anything from God. And 400 years prior to this moment, there was plenty of prophets, plenty of words from the Lord saying, he's coming, the anointed one, the Messiah, Emmanuel is coming, and you will no longer be oppressed because they were constantly oppressed, kicked out of their land, seen as less than. And so they were excited. They had that emotion. They had hope. But then five years went by and they didn't hear anything again. All of a sudden it stopped. 10 years, 50, 100, 400 years. And so I imagine it went from a noun, I have hope that he is coming to save us so we will no longer be oppressed to, I hope he comes. Or maybe even, if it was me, I'd be like, I've lost hope. 400 years, haven't heard from God. I bet they felt so forgotten by God, they stopped feeling like God's people. And they wondered if they should continue to follow him. But here's the thing. For many of us, maybe we feel like that today. Do you ever ever feel like the world is dark, is bleak, is heavy? I mean, there's wars, there's divisiveness, there's hatred, there's anger everywhere you look. It can feel heavy. Or maybe it's not the world that feels weary to you. Maybe it's your world. Maybe you're saying right now, I cannot wait for 2024 because 2023 stunk. It was terrible. It was a horrible year. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you got a bad diagnosis. Maybe something happened in your marriage where now you're on the rocks or even separated. Maybe you didn't get that promotion. You didn't get what you hoped for. And so 2023 feels so weary to you. And so so you've lost hope. And maybe you even wonder, does God care about me anymore? I don't hear from him. I don't hear him. I don't feel him. And that's the difference of what hope means. We can look at hope so much as a wish. I hope this next year is better. I hope things will get better. My, my world is so weary. And that's where we can find our strength. Is, and then when we don't have that hope anymore, when we lose that hope, our strength is gone. But if you look at scripture, it's different. If you look at how hope is used in scripture, it's actually used in a, as a assurance, a confidence that God has promised what he has promised and it will come to pass, pass that he is faithful. And that gives your hope assurance when you use it as a noun versus a verb. And when you realize that, when you look at it the way this explains it, it changes everything. See, it changes your perspective because you begin to realize you have worth. Your soul has worth. 
And it all started back then on that holy night. Here's how we know it. The, the investigator, Luke, who wrote the gospel account, he thoroughly investigated the life of Jesus. And he tells us about this statement the angels made to shepherds that changed everything and did what the author of the, the song, O Holy Night, says, and their soul, our souls felt its worth. At this moment is when it happened. But let me set the scene before we get there. So Mary and Joseph have been traveling. They went to Rome, who is now the one oppressing the nation of Israel, oppressing God's people. And when they got there, they went there for a census. And the, the reason they needed a census was, why? To get taxed, so they can tax everybody. And when they get there, there's no room anywhere. And all they're offered is a stable, actually a cave, a damp, dark cave, cold, filled with smelly animals. But there, that's where the king of the world, Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, was born in a feeding trough. Talk about humble beginnings for a king, right? And at that moment, everything changed. But no one knew. No one knew that everything changed. No one knew that this baby had been born. Well, except for Joseph and Mary. Mary knew, okay, people? Mary knew, just in case you're wondering. But the angels said that wasn't enough. More people need to know. Everyone needs to know. In fact, there's some shepherds nearby. Let's go tell them. And I'm going to read Luke 2, 10 and 11, which is what the angels said to the shepherds. But before I do, I want to say something. Upstreeters, if you're here in Upstreet and you've been here all month, we've been memorizing this verse all month. So I'd love for you to say it out loud with me as I read it. Here we go. But the angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. What an incredible statement, right? That at, and at this moment, the shepherds went, whoa, guys, God's back. He's restoring our faith. We have worth again. Our souls feel him. He is here. The king will come. He will finally get rid of the Roman oppression. We can be free. We will be, the, we will be on top again. No one will be over us. But here's the thing. That's not why Jesus came that night. He came for something greater than just them. See, it says, I have good news for great joy for who? All the people. It was for them back then, but it's also for you and for me. It's for Hamilton, for the world, for your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your, your children, your grandchildren. For now and even in the future, it was good news of great joy for all the people. And what was this good news? Well, it was the fact that this baby was born to die. Born to bring us back into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. To give our souls so much worth that when He died, He took all our sin upon Him. And because of that, we are no longer separate from our Heavenly Father. When He came back to life, He proved who He said He was. And now, since then, we can have the thrill of hope every single day knowing our Heavenly Father is with us. And that's, that's what gives us hope and meaning. That hope gives us meaning and purpose every single day. Because that thrill of hope, we don't have to just limit it here in Christmas. Don't we do that? We just talk about it at Christmas when we hear the song or it's just such a great time, but then we leave or we move on to post-Christmas and we forget about it. But instead, this thrill of hope, we can live from it every single day instead of for it. See, for many of us, we try and live for hope. I hope this happens. And we find our strength in hoping that an expected outcome will happen. But instead, because of that holy night, 
We don't have to do that anymore. We can live from that hope every single day, having that confidence where we can stand up tall knowing God is with us. See, the way to do that, and there's a specific way to to remind us ourselves of that every single day. The Apostle Paul, he puts it this way in his letter to the Romans. He gives us an understanding of how we can have this thrill of hope every single day. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, the one who is filled with hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. See, when you trust in him, the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace. On Friday, we did our annual Agarwal tradition where I make my world-famous hot chocolate, well, world-famous to me, so maybe Rahul's famous hot chocolate. We jump in a car and we go look at Christmas lights. And we always have a Christmas light scavenger hunt that we take with us. And the, the winner gets a prize. And so we're going through a bunch of neighborhoods. And every year we inevitably end in the same neighborhood. And it's Hidden Falls. Have y'all been to Hidden Falls before? It's about eight minutes down the road. For, if you live in Hidden Falls, thank you for bringing endless joy to, our, to Hamilton Mill and beyond, right? Y'all are amazing. The, every, almost every house is decorated. And not just like lights on a bush. It's like all out, yo. It's amazing. And so, so we're, we're going through the neighborhood. And by then we've done almost all of the, um, the scavenger hunt. And then we get into the neighborhood and the, kid, and the family's like, they, they say something so ironic. They go, I can't find joy and peace on this list. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you're so angry. Gosh, okay. Um, that's just so ironic. And it needs to be lit up. We, we made some parameters. You can't just like write the words joy on a piece of paper and go, look, I found it. it. It needs to be lit up. So we turn the corner in this neighborhood and find this section of the neighborhood. And all of a sudden in this one area, There's joy and peace on every other house. And it's amazing because during this season, that's what we talk about, don't we? We want joy and peace, but don't we want that every day? Not just on Christmas, during Christmas. Don't you want it every single day of the year? I want that. Could we all use a little more joy and peace every single year? See, Paul is saying, if you put your trust in God, you will have that joy and peace and not the fake joy and peace where it's like, everything is awesome. No, it's this confidence, this contentment, this satisfaction. And here's, and if when you put your trust in him and you choose to follow Jesus once and for all, Paul gives us what happens next. He says, here's the results. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, When you put your trust in God every day, you'll get that confident hope because his spirit is living within you now and for all of eternity, you'll be with God. So you can live confidently, which means you can use see hope in the way scripture explains it, not as a, I hope God is with me. I hope he loves me. I hope he's for me. No, because of Jesus, you have hope. He is with you. He is for you and loves you and sees you as infinitely valuable every single day of your life. You don't have to worry about that. And let me tell you, that's thrilling. That's not just a longing. That is an expectation. And that's a powerful moment filled with faith you can have every single day. So let's do that. Let's have hope every single day, not just on Christmas, right? Let's, let's be a group of people who say, I'm going to experience joy and peace all the time so that no matter what comes my way, it's going to be okay. Not because it's literally going to be fine. It's going to fix itself but because your heavenly father is with you 
and guides you and will give you the wisdom to know what to do to get through it. So you can hold your head up high when you get bad news, when they don't say yes, when the car breaks down, when you look at your bank account, when you don't get that job or you lose your job or your marriage isn't doing well or your relationships aren't doing well. But you can have confidence knowing that you and your soul has so much worth because of that holy night. So let's do that. My challenge to you is tomorrow morning when you wake up, you wake up and this is how you start the day. Thank you, God. Thank you for showing me I am worthy and I have worth. Thank you for sending Jesus because now I don't live for that hope. I live from that hope every single day. I am infinitely valuable because you see me and I love myself because of it, because you love me and now I can go and love others. And you know what that does to you? That gives you so much excitement to face the day, to face whatever's coming at you. That allows you to live the abundant life Jesus talked about where you know that he is with you because the creator of the universe loves you. So that's my challenge to you. That's my hope for you. That's how that holy night can change everything because as we close, the thrill of hope is the beacon of light that will guide us through the darkness. It infuses us with the energy and resilience we need as we eagerly anticipate the promising future we have. It's the deep emotional state that whispers and reminds our souls, no matter how difficult the journey, hope has the power to brighten even the darkest of paths. So let's do that. And let's remind ourselves every single day that he is with us, that we have this confident hope by thanking him and thanking him for sending Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you. It just blows my mind that you see us and you know us and you sent Jesus to die for us even though sometimes we live against you. Thank you, God, for being willing to do that every single day. Because of that, we don't have to live this moment of like, I hope it happens versus, no, we have hope. That thrill of hope, that excitement, that meaning, that purpose that gives us to our lives every single day. So thank you. Thanks that we get to do that. And thank you for sending Jesus. It's in his matchless name we pray. Amen.